0: Attention, Ditto heads Attention, bow scouts! Goes by the pseudonym Bo Nerdly. It's time for the soul of excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The rush hour is on the air. Rush, rush! Now here's Bo Nerdly.
1: Well, here we are again. It's Monday, ladies and gentlemen, and we are here, Bo Nerdly's rush hour. If you would like to be part of the program today, 800-848-WABC is the number to call, 800-848-9222. There is so much. News abounds. Hunter Biden had to meet up with the baby mama at an Arkansas courtroom. Awkward. I mean, uh, you know, there's so much to say about this. Uh, Joe Biden's press person took Christina Poonshaw, the, uh, the Florida governor, Ron DeSantis' press secretary. She had made a note on Hunter Biden being a deadbeat dad, and Joe Biden's press guy went after him. Boy, that's the wrong thing to do. You don't want to mess with Christina. She lit him up. But uh they're pleading poverty. They want it stopped. And they did reveal in court today, supposedly, that he has paid the baby mama $720,000 so far. But all his claims to be destitute don't seem to be convincing anyone. And, of course, this is the grandson, uh, granddaughter of Joe Biden, who does not even acknowledge that the girl exists. In one of the newspaper articles, they pointed out the time of conception for this young lady was while Hunter was boinking his dead brother's wife. This is some family. I'm not passing judgments. I mean, it just happened as it happened. You know, the brother wants to boink the dead brother's wife. Who are we to say anything about it? The dead brother's wife didn't complain about it. So... A family affair. It's a family affair. But um, I don't know where this is going to go. Now, Scott, this sounds like something you would pull, and it's a doozy.
0: I would pull?
1: This sounds like something you would pull. All right. This sounds something so, I, I read the story, I said, this is, Scott would do this. This is so Scott- it has got written well, I'm excited all, to hear it has got written well, I all to, over I need it.
0: to meet this person,
1: okay, this is happening. Let me see what state it is. I believe it's Indiana, it is Indiana,
0: oh, yeah, I would do
1: that, yeah, yeah, you know it, yep, you would do it, <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay, Indiana. <laughs> An Indiana councilman, white guy, has, de- <laughs> has declared that his authentic self, the self that he always wanted to be, is a lesbian woman of color.
0: Native American.
1: Native, that's right, a Native American. A Native American lesbian woman of color. And that's who...
0: He posted the before and after picture, and it was the exact same thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was ingenious.
1: And yes, this is exactly like I said. I
0: can't disagree with that.
1: And now there are left-wing... People demanding, demanding that he resign. They're saying that... <laughs> they accuse him of inciting hate. They say that he should resign. That his words bring embarrassment not only to himself but to the county council. If he, <laughs> if he were serious i sing his praises, one man said, but instead I know better. We all do. I know better because because, <laughs> because, of his history of making hateful. I'm not laughing with the fact that they think it's hateful. I bet you he's been one of these people that just says, you know, a man, is a man in the past, a girl is a girl, whatever. Um, oh, man, I saw a five-year-old boy make a, uh, not a five, a, a young school child. They sent him home because he said he had a T-shirt on that said there are only two genders. And this little kid, he had to be no more than seven, eight, nine, and or 10. Boy, he delivered a heck of a speech on how his freedoms and liberty are being denied. But that's an aside. One of the guys in the audience said, we all know that we know better. We know he's not really identifying as a... Native American, lesbian woman of color. We know better because of his history of making hateful anti-trans statements on social media and disrespecting one's pronouns. Uh, when he remarked, Mr. Webb says, to clarify, I never claimed to be a trans anything. I simply express my own gender identity and I'm being dead serious. This isn't a joke. I said what I said. I don't know what to tell you. You don't get to question me. You don't get to require proof of me. You are the part, you, you, you are part of the movement that helped establish these rules that set the bar. Okay. You don't get to come in later when someone else joins the club that you don't want in. You don't, you don't get to question how I identify. Oh, this is delicious. We shall see. He said since since he identified this way, he has become the target of hate and harassment by a group called the Indiana Progressives. They doxed his family. They have encouraged people to unlawfully congregate at his home. Apparently, his uh, self-identity, ladies and gentlemen, is not being uh, respected. The very people that tell us that we should be tolerant of everybody, we should accept the way that people identify themselves, apparently they are not so tolerant when someone identifies himself in ways that they don't like. Hmm. What do you make of that? A manhunt, as you may know, is still underway for the Mexican illegal immigrant who shot up a family in Texas because they asked him to stop shooting off his gun while the baby was trying to sleep. He ended up killing Five people, slaughtered them, including an eight year old boy. He killed Sonia Argentina Guzman, twenty five, Diana Diana Velasquez Avalero, twenty-one, Alicia Molina Rivera, thirty one, Jonathan Cesarez, eighteen, and an eight year old boy. Daniel Lasse. Some of the adults died shielding children. Well, he then went on the lam. The FBI has now been called into the case. They say they don't have a clue where he is. What we have learned is that this 38-year-old Mexican national has previously been deported from the United States on three different occasions, three different times. Now, the morning show over at PMSNBC, they had a little conniption fit when somebody brought that up. Oh, it was Governor Abbott brought it up, and they are really ticked and annoyed, and they said that Governor Abbott is trying to exploit immigrants by bringing this up. And there are a lot of people that don't like the fact that people are bringing up the fact that he's an illegal immigrant. I don't care where he's from. I don't care what his nationality is. If he was from Europe, if he was from Antarctica, if he's from China. I don't care what difference does his nationality make. It makes no difference. The fact is that he entered this country illegally on three different times. The fact is that he was allowed by weakness, to come into this country three different times illegally. And it was here that he killed. Mass murder. Now, every time this happens, and we can say every time it happens because it happens often enough, that we will find someone in this country here illegally that commits a heinous act. The first thing that we are told is that it's prejudicial to bring up the fact that they're here illegally because plenty of Americans, people of citizens here in this country kill too. And you're absolutely right. There are plenty of Americans who commit murder. There are plenty of murderers in this country who never will serve the time that they're supposed to serve, especially if you live in areas where liberal progressive prosecutors let these people out of jail. But that does not take away the fact that there is something of a feeling of betrayal when someone that, Should not be in this country legally. Repeatedly comes into the country and then commits a crime like this. The murder is the murder, and for the victims of these murders, it doesn't matter whether he's. What matters to them is that their loved ones, their loved ones, have been taken taken away from them. And they've been taken away in a way that they'll never be able to forget. And it's heinous, and it's ugly, and it's terrible. And I guarantee you, their lives will never be the same. Every one of these people killed has people about their family that are going to wonder for the rest of their lives what life would have been like if their loved ones hadn't been stolen, their lives hadn't been stolen by this this, this monster. But it is still in the realm of reality for those of us who look at these things to be objective enough to see that, yes, illegal immigration did play a role in it. It played a role in it when that poor young lady was gunned down in San Francisco. And, of course, that guy got off with a slap on the wrist. There have been so many times, so many stories over the years. Sometimes it's road rage, and then you find out later on that the person that commits the murder is here illegally. Sometimes it's murder like this. Other times there are all sorts of heinous crimes. Look at what MS-13, the group from Salvador that has infiltrated the United States so very well, and then turn out to be barbarous, turn out to be so violent that the crimes they commit defy almost comprehension. And yet we're supposed to continue to turn our eye to that. We're supposed to say, oh, don't, no, 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 no. Don't mention the fact that they're here illegally. That has no bearing. It has a bearing. The lawlessness in this country has a bearing, and we are looking right now at a million people or more that are poised to come in this country within a month when Title 42 collapses. Oh, tell me this is not important. This is important. And if he's captured, which I hope he is, and if Texas law, being what it is, is extended to this person, this illegal immigrant, and he is found guilty, And it is a capital crime, and if they prosecute it as a capital crime, you know another thing will happen. The day that they decide to put that pesky little needle in his arm, 20, 30 years from now, whenever that happens, well, as Texas. It may not take 20 years. might only take 10 or 12. But the day they decide to put that little pesky needle in his arm, if that ever comes to be, guaranteed the President Day or whoever it is in Mexico are going to be bitching and moaning about how the United States law is so unfair and how we shouldn't be executing criminals in this country. happens every time, and we shouldn't be doing it to a national of Mexico. So unfair. And again, I don't care whether it's from Mexico, Canada, Asia, Antarctica, Africa, if you shouldn't be in this country illegally, you, shouldn't, you should not be in this country. The fact that you come into this country multiple times illegally and then you commit mass murder on this level, you deserve to be punished no matter who you are. You deserve to be punished to the full extent that American law provides. And it shouldn't take 15, 20, or 30 years for that sentence to be carried out either. It is disgusting. And this needs to be, they need to find this guy and bring him to justice immediately. James Golden, A.K. Snerly with you here. Monday, the whole day Rick Charles takes us in. Boatsunerly's Rush Hour. Keeps on 800-848-WABC. Coming back, don't go.
0: I said Georgia way. Georgia a song of you
1: comes as sweet and
0: moonlight through the pine. it's the rush hour with Bo beau Snirdley Rush on 77 wabc waiting on a tax return hopefully it ends up in your hands fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30 percent in 2023 if you're in a bind this tax season lifelock can help our u.s-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues and all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. James Golden, known popularly as Bo Snurdly. This is The Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Rush Rush.
1: Birthday today for Ray Parker Jr. Ray Parker Jr. and Radio Honey, I'll always love her. I
0: promise I always love her. Cause I think the whole world of every
1: can't change that. No no. Sixty-nine years old today. Sixty-nine.
0: One of my favorite numbers.
1: I don't know, ladies and gentlemen, whether you've heard of what I'm going to tell you next. And if you're in the market for a house and you're going to need an FHA loan, be prepared. There is a new rule that takes, that goes into effect today. That federal rule means if you have good credit and you have applied for a federal housing loan from the Federal Housing Finance Agency, if you have good credit, You are going to be charged more money than you normally would for your loan. You're going to pay a higher fee because you have good credit. And the reason that you are going to pay a higher fee under this new rule, which was put in place by Joe Biden, well, by his administration, is that you are going to help subsidize other loan applicants who have bad credit. So, if you have worked all your life and you've been responsible, you've saved your money, you've come up, you've made sure you paid your bills on time, you've done everything that you could to get your credit score in the best situation possible to go in and buy a house, you go in, you apply for the FHFA loan, oh, you'll get a loan, but you're going to pay higher points. And you're going to pay higher points so that you can help make things fair and better for people who don't have good credit. They're putting a tax on you so that you can subsidize borrowers who have not done the same thing that you do, people that have paid their bills late, people that have not, for whatever reason. I'm not making a judgment about them. But let's face it, there are people who haven't been able to take care of business like you. They haven't been able to be as responsible as you about their bills. And now you will be punished if you have a good credit score so that you can help subsidize people. It's a bailout for people with poor credit. You're going to pay a higher price so that people with poor credit also have a shot at buying a house with the F.A., and they're going to get a lower price on their loans, and you're going to pay a higher price to make up the difference. How do you like those apples, huh? How's that? It's so that we can have more... But it, it, what the director of the FHFA, her name is Sandra Thompson, what she says is you people with good credit that are going to be forced to pay a higher price for your money so that people with bad credit can also get in the game, she says this helps advance the mission of FHFA of facilitating equitable and sustainable access to home ownership. That's what you're doing. You are going to facilitate equitable and sustainable access to home ownership by paying a higher price for your home so that somebody that really can't afford the home, in some cases, or whose credit was miserable, you're going to give them a break with your money. Isn't that nice of you? Don't you feel good? knowing that you're paying a higher price because you were responsible so that you can help others who weren't as responsible as you. Doesn't that make you feel just noble and good and virtuous? You should pat yourself on the back, ladies and gentlemen, that you're going to pay a higher price so that somebody, That wasn't as disciplined as you, wasn't as responsible as you, didn't care about their finances the way you cared about yours, you're going to make it okay for them to go buy a house too with your money. And you're going to keep paying a higher price for your home so they can catch a break. That ought to make you feel just good.
0: Who passed, where did that law?
1: It's a law. Joe Biden's people just said, we are going to do it. It never went through Congress. It is a regulatory law passed by liberal bureaucrats to make you pay more so that other people that they deem more worthy than you will pay less.
0: I point out that during a banking crisis, when banks are failing, that, that might be a problem
1: you can point it out all you want to i'm just to. pointing it out
0: that i'm sure it'll be fine but
1: if you have, if you're going to if you're going to sign up for the loan it doesn't matter you can point it out all day all night in the morning afternoon evening midnight hour i'm just saying that the
0: banks might see more defaults oh yeah and, oh you
1: mean like we've been through this before
0: yeah it seems like that would be the yeah. kind of thing that might you know in the long run
1: they never learn the
0: banks might have a you know,
1: they problem. never learn hmm. they just come back at the same thing What Scott is pointing out is that in the past, this has been tried. And what it led to was a massive, massive collapse. Because loans that were written that should have never been written were then bundled together in REITs and then sold all over the world to unsuspecting people as triple A loans. And when they finally passed this stuff, these bad loans around the world that nobody else could fund it, nobody else could pay it back. Then we had a housing market collapse, which led to an economic collapse. That was back in 2008. Good memory, Scott. We haven't learned. We're going to do it again.
0: It, I'm sure it'll be different.
1: Yeah, of course. It'll be a different outcome. Same kind of, same ideology, but expect a different outcome. James Golden, a.k.a. Snerdley. Sly. Family Stone. WABC Monday Bo Snerdly Rush Hour. Coming back. Right after this.
0: One child grows up to be Rush. This is The Rush Hour. Best way. It's The Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. Rush. Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly.
1: Uh, they're gonna be dancing in the moonlight down there at the border. Got a million people amassing getting ready to try to get in when Title Forty Two crashes and burns. Yeah, baby. Lori Lightfoot might be dancing, Lightfoot, you know, dancing in the moonlight with our Lightfoot, yeah. She uh, sent a letter to Texas Governor Abbott. She's begging him, please. She said, I, "She said, look, we're getting word that you plan to resume. The city of Chicago is aware that the state of Texas is planning to resume busing individuals and families to cities throughout the United States. I am yet again appealing to your better nature and asking you to stop this inhumane and dangerous action. She notes in her letter that since August 2022, Chicago has shouldered the responsibility of caring for more than 8,000 men, women, and children with no resources of their own. Isn't that lovely? She said nearly all the migrants sent to Chicago have been in dire need of food, water, clothing, many needed extensive medical care. Some of the individuals you placed on buses were women in active labor, she says. Some were victims of sex assault, she says. None of these urgent needs were addressed in Texas. Instead, these individuals and families were packed onto buses and shipped across the country like freight without regard to their personal circumstance. Lori, honey, Lori, babe, sweetie, sugar, listen, baby doll, you and your folks up in Chicago said you are a sanctuary city. You said, come on, bring us your power, bring us, oh, I better not do an accent because some, you know, these people get mad if I do an accent. They say yeah, you go making fun of Southern people again. There you go again, but we're talking about Texas. We're talking about stuff that goes on deep down there in Texas, so it's okay. Listen, Laurie, got news for you, Laurie. Now you told us, Laurie, that you were a sanctuary city. You said, correct me if I'm wrong, Laurie, you said that you would welcome Illegal immigrants to come to Chicago and set up house. And so all we're doing, Laurie, we're helping you. We're helping you keep your word. Because what good is saying you a sanctuary city if you don't intend to be a sanctuary city? And by the way, I'm talking to you too, Mayor Adams. You in here talking about we want to get FEMA involved. We want FEMA to come in and stop this nonsense. No. No. You don't need FEMA. You don't need FEMA to put a ban on us sending. Look, y'all said y'all wanted illegal immigrants in your city. We are going to help you. We're helping. We're helping you make sure that people know that when you say you're sanctuary, you mean it. Okay, that's all we're doing. That's all we, folks down here in Texas we're doing. we got our own problems down here in Texas. In fact, just today in the news... We got ourselves a Democrat. He runs one of these little cities down here. Trying to remember the name of that city, El Paso. I think it is something like that. El Paso. Yeah, that boy said, that boy said it's a critical thing down there. He wanted declaration. He wanted declaration, emergency declaration, because he got so many illegal aliens swarming up in El Paso. You know, now that's up to Joe, and that's up to y'all Democrats to figure out whether you're going to give him his emergency. But look here, Laurie, y'all said, and, and 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 by the way, I hope we got a lot of buses going to California, too, because y'all are a whole sanctuary state. We're going to send as many of them as we can, many of those good people. We love them. Don't take us wrong. We don't have nothing against these illegal immigrants. They're nice people. As far as we accept the murderers who do these mass murderers. But aside from them and the ones, you know, that commit the crimes, but we can't talk about that because then that's kind of Trump-like, to start talking about building a wall and that kind of stuff. And we don't want to do that. We don't want to inflame you because you people might turn into erectionists. I'm sorry, not erectionists, insurrectionists. We don't want y'all to be insurrecting. So what we're going to do, so that y'all won't have to be insurrecting, we're going to get some buses we going to ship them. We're going to say, come get your free bus ticket, come right on, step right up, bring your family, bring your family's family. Step on board, all aboard. We're headed to Chicago. We're headed to California. We're headed to New York. We're going to give y'all sanctuary cities which y'all been demanding. We're going to give you immigrants. We're going to give you illegal immigrants. We're going to give you as many illegal immigrants as we can so y'all can take care of them too. Why should we in Texas bear the load by ourselves and Arizona and all us down here? Y'all don't like us anyway. Y'all call us all kind of names. Y'all call us Rubes. Y'all call us Hicks. Y'all call us all sorts of things. Y'all people, y'all don't like us. Y'all say we part of some kind of Bible Belt something. we we them people you don't like. We read Bibles. We go to church. We do all that good stuff. Y'all don't like us. Y'all are better. Y'all think y'all better than us. So we're going to give you a chance to be honest. We gon', we gon', that's right. We gon', y'all want it to be sanctuary cities. Y'all are sanctuary cities. Now y'all sanctuary cities, take them illegal aliens and shut your mouth. All right. So Laura, you can take this little letter of yours asking me to find my better self. And that's what I think of your letter, Miss Lightfoot. Now get up on out of here. Your time is about up anyway, baby. Leave it to the next guy. And James Golden here, Bo Snerdly here with you. I'm from Texas by way of WABC, New York. We're coming back. We're going to take your calls when we get back, so don't y'all go away. We're coming right back.
0: Rush. This is The Rush Hour with Bo Snirly. Bo Snirly. dot PriorityGoldGuide.com.
1: Golden, known popularly as Bo Snurdly. This
0: is The Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Rush, Rush, Rush,
1: Rush. Benny King, WABC Talk Radio 77 in New York. Stand by me and Michael from New Jersey. Welcome, you're on Bo Snerdly Rush Hour.
0: Thank you both for taking my call. Last time I spoke with you, I spoke about uh, Woodrow Wilson and how he had uh, taken the Democratic Party down this progressive path, just to remind you of uh, the last call. I've oh, made. yes. Anyway, um, back in the 90s, I picked up 20, I uh, do accounting work, taxes, etc. And back in the 90s, I picked up 20 taxpayers uh, who bought homes with this no-down payment that the Clinton administration had put in. This was after the Bush administration had reduced the, HFA down payment requirement from 10% to 5%, and very few people picked up on it, um, so they couldn't. pick, They didn't have the 5% down payment. So the Clinton administration reduced it from 5% to 0% down payment for an FHA home. Well, this was great. People picked up and bought these homes with zero down payment. Um, a lot of these people were not poor people; they were people who had very good jobs. Um, a lot of them working for AT&T or Verizon, uh, IBM, or some large company where they were uh, department managers making close to $100,000 a year, uh, both them and their spouses. But they were used to living in the city. And when they bought these homes, they were 2,500 to 3,500 square foot homes, a lot of them on half half to three-quarter acre properties. And
1: what happened? they were used to
0: living in... in two-bedroom uh, two apartments. What happened? So the, first, the, first way, the first thing they had to do was furnish these places. Okay,
1: we can't homes. do a half an hour. we got to get to the punchline here. What happened? They bought these, these homes, people, zero down. They had zero down, and they went and bought right. these expensive big homes. What happened?
0: Within five, Within five years, they refinanced them, drew money out. They got into debt, couldn't pay the mortgages, and wind up getting foreclosed on. They wind up losing them. Boom. That started the, the housing crisis Boom. in the early
1: 2000s. Boom. And you know what? Now we're doing it again, all over again. We're going to try it a different way this time. We're going to make you rich people pay a little bit more so that we can get poor people who don't deserve homes, because, financially speaking, not deserve, but who don't, whose credit scores would not merit them getting the loan. Put it like that. But we're going to help them get the loan, even though their financial positions don't merit them getting the home, so we can say we're nice people. And here we go again. Mike in Middletown, New Jersey. Thank you for the call, Mike, by the way. Hi, Mike. What's up?
0: Thanks, James. Very quickly, we've got to teach the kids the old Obama ween, as Rush called it, you know, where you take the kids who have all the Halloween candy and give it to those who have far less. I guarantee you do that for a couple of years. These kids won't want to have socialism, which is what this HFA program is. It's the definition of insanity. We're doing it all over again.
1: Exactly right. And what he's talking about, Rush came up with the idea that on Halloween we simply confiscate the candy from those kids who are better off and tell them you're giving their candy to kids that don't don't have an opportunity to get as much candy as they do and start teaching them how this thing really works. And see how that plays. Absolutely, let's go to Neil in Brooklyn. How are you, Neil?
0: Thank you, Mister Golden. Uh, a friend of mine texted me a couple of. A lefty friend of mine uh, texted me, gloating that the Texas shooter was a Trump hater a Trump supporter. I'm sorry. So I texted him back that he was an illegal immigrant. When I did that, though, I noticed that uh, when you text, they anticipate the words you're going to say. So I And they never anticipated the word immigrant after I put illegal. So I started to uh, study it, and I found out that if you say undocumented, the immigrant word comes up. But if I say illegal, I could almost always spell the word immigrant out, and it won't anticipate the word illegal immigrant. I have a Democrat phone, I think.
1: Yeah, you have a liberal phone, all right. Liberal spell check and liberal... This new thing is a new feature in a lot of text programs where they anticipate the word and then fill it in for you. Yep, you can tell who wrote it. Absolutely. Chris in Texas, thank you for holding. What's on your mind this afternoon?
0: Yes, Bo, I'm a New Jersey refugee, retired from New Jersey law enforcement, and I've got a concern here in Texas. I just want to know if the firearm that was used is one of the Obama Fast and Furious weapons that they lost control of and accountability. I mean I feel very bad for what happened.
1: And this we is a good question. Further into this. this is a good question. For those of you that don't know what Fast and Furious is, it was a gun running program that under the Obama administration, where they trafficked illegal guns into Mexico to see who would buy and see whether there was a whether they could follow the custody of the guns, but they lost track of it. And we had a border agent that was killed by one of these guns. Let's see, Susan in upstate New York. Quickly, Susan, time is running out. Well, Susan, New Jersey.
0: uh, That's okay. Um, I read over the weekend on uh, Facebook that they found an eight-year-old girl at the border who had been mistreated, we'll call it, and they found 67 different dnas in her body. I, I talked that about means. that
1: case I talked about that case last week. That's right. You're absolutely right. 8-year-old girl had been gang raped so much. 67 different dna samples. That's just part of what is going on at this out of control border and it's about to get worse when title 42 crashes down. Thank you for being with us today, ladies and gentlemen. May God bless and protect each and every single one of you, your family, your loved ones. Love and gratitude for you being here. God willing, we'll be back tomorrow, four o'clock for Tuesday edition. Mark Stein, day, Boston News Hour. Shower. Thanks for being with us. Bye.